Welcome to Bugs and Beards, the podcast home for everything fly fishing and fly tying. Kick back as we sit down and talk with some of your favorite fly tires and fishermen while we discuss with them the tips and techniques they've learned on the river and behind the vice so that you can use those lessons learned to make your time more effective. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of the Bugs and Beard podcast. Uh, today, something completely off topic than what you're normally used to coming from us. Um, no urine and nymphing involved here today. And uh, we're going to talk about one of my favorite trips that I've ever gotten to take. And uh, I love to fish anywhere but where I'm at usually and I love to travel and do some fishing and this was one of those I'm going to revisit one of those trips that I was on and that was down to Miami with uh, a friend of mine and for peacock bass which was such a blast and it was a kind of a dream come true trip for me because as a kid growing up watching bass masters and stuff like that I always watched them going down to South America and fishing for peacock bass and dreamed of catching one and and getting one on the fly rod would be even better but i got the that dream got to come true thanks to the state of florida and the just the way things happen down there so my guest today is drew perlin and he is a cousin of a cousin of a cousin kind of deal and uh, i know a guy who knows a guy and uh drew you're actually your family's from my area here in pennsylvania and uh, you ended up transplanting yourself down there yeah uh so my mom grew up in bedford county uh, here in South Central Pennsylvania, um, my whole family's still up here, but with jobs and everything, she moved back. She moved down to South Florida in the late seventies, um, and that's kind of where it all started. So, yeah, it was a beautiful and completely different environment for me. Not growing up here in the Cove, and um, you know, if you're not, if you're a listener and not from my area, just imagine farm fields. I always joke around. I went to high school. My high school was called Central High School, and they always ask why it was called that. And I said, because it's centrally located between two cow pastures. <laughs> I mean, it, we're just out in the middle of nowhere. And then I went down and fished with Drew, and it was definitely not in the middle yeah, of nowhere. Complete opposite. <laughs> Super metropolis, yeah. to say the least. But uh, it was a lot of fun, and it was so cool because, you know, one hole we're we're fishing on a golf course and there's iguanas running across the golf course yeah. and, and you never knew what you was going to see. Yep. And uh, I really liked the one time driving down the road and the peacocks just walked across. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. We have too many peacocks, birds, not fish. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm an avid, uh, whatever you call it, ornithologist, I, mm-hmm. I think is the word. I love bird watching. And uh, so that was really neat for me. Like, I mean, you have Egyptian goose that just walk Egyptian around geese, down there yeah. and mm-hmm. Just such exotic, strange things. It's, it's so cool to go down there. Yeah, for that and you reason. don't expect to see it either. You know? Yeah. You think you're going to a city, but people don't realize, you know, we have the biggest natural national park, you know, just a couple miles away in the Everglades. Yeah. So we get a lot of those migratory birds that yeah. go through the Everglades. And, yeah. Well, I was really shocked, too, by Miami, where it was a lot of places where we were fishing. When I think of Miami, I always thought of the beach and, like, it being a big city mm-hmm. and there's so much suburbia to Miami and that's where we were fishing in the suburbia and it was just like any other normal suburbia kind of deal yeah so. exactly you know it's not like up here in Pennsylvania where you know you have your big bodies of water your random farm ponds your creeks your rivers whatever it may be 
you know, back home we have an intricate canal system that runs throughout the whole state, ran by spillways, dams, flooding out to the inlets, or flooding out to the river. So it's all interconnected, which is it's a sportsman's dream. Yeah, and I guess let's dive into that end of it a little bit first and uh, the canal system. Um, Miami area is below or at sea level? Um, if it, it's not below, um, but I don't want to say it's above, you know, or right. maybe not even a foot above. Yeah. I'd say. Yeah. So to build there, they had to dig the canals out. They dig the canals out to put the ground above sea level. So your house doesn't flood. Correct. And so that creates these big canals. So pretty much everybody in suburbia down there yep. has a canal in their backyard. And, uh, what was it? The seventies, eighties, early eighties, I guess. Yeah. The people started, they would get their fish aquarium pets, get, get too big, big for the aquarium. Just like a snake. Yep. Yeah. Get too big. So they would just throw them out in the canal in the backyard and they started to overpopulate the place. Yep. And there was no natural predator for all, all these little Oscars. Yeah. Cause I mean, a large mouth, a mine cichlid, as you know, yeah, mine. gets tr- very big, strong, fast, it's kind of it's not your average bluegill. No, you know? it's, so it's a bluegill on really, steroids. Yeah, bass can't really yeah. compete with them. So yeah, they were awesome to catch. They were so much fun to catch. Oh yeah, people don't people don't really value them, but if you get a nice one, yeah, they'll give you a tug. Yeah. So all these fish were in there, and they had no natural predator to take care of them because you don't you don't have the muskies and the pike and stuff mm-hmm. like them. The gar, but they couldn't really. We have pickerel, but you know that's far and few between for the yeah. pickerel. Yeah. And so they overpopulated and overran the place, so they needed a the natural predator, so they went down to South America and brought some peacock bass back, and they exploded. Oh, yeah. And the butterfly peacock The butterfly, yeah. yeah. We don't have spotted or any of those other... Right. It's no, Which one is the big one in the Amazon? Oh, man. Because the, the one, there's one in the Amazon that just gets yeah, huge. Yeah, huge. I and it's not the one that's in, in no. there. But yeah. you're still talking about, my best was over six pounds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're still talking about the state record's nine or ten. The state record new one might be just over ten. The unofficial. Yeah. I think official might be like 9.8 with okay. IGFA. Yeah. yeah. So you're still talking about a monster bass. Oh, huge. Yeah. And there's lots of them. Lots yeah. of them that size. Yeah. And uh, that was such an amazing feat. And the keller is just incredible in mm-hmm. these fish. So mm-hmm. It's something that if you never looked into, it's something that you don't need a passport for. <laughs> Well, you might feel like you need a passport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's but a whole you don't. Down there. Yep. <laughs> but um, and there's so many other things you can do. You know, your family can go to the beach. Your, you know, there's other. The Everglades are just incredible to see. Go see the alligators and everything. So it's awesome in the sense where you can just have one day, and you can probably catch one. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. With the right guidance, you know, and general knowledge, but. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty easy to catch them. Yeah, they are, and they're a very aggressive fish. Yep. And uh, when we were down there fishing with you, you hooked us up with Monster Mike of YouTube fame. Yep. And, I mean, we were fishing one spot. We were fishing in the back of a Target shopping mall. Yep. And uh, no Barbie doll heads or anything (laughs) like that that time. But, I mean, we were fishing where anybody could fish. Oh, yeah. It's just you have to know those spots. Yep, you have to know it. Yeah. We have so much water down there, and it you just got to cover it as much as you can. Yeah. And uh, you had us out. You have a boat there at your place, and mm-hmm. you, we were out traversing the canals mm-hmm. and stuff. And, and that was so much fun, and we saw so much stuff, too. 
one of the things that allergy eaters. Mm-hmm. Those, those plecos. Yeah, plecos. Those things get huge. You don't realize that when you don't when you keep them in that aquarium. Yeah, and they'll come up, take a gulp of air, and you think it's a tarpon or something, and you think <laughs> it's something splashing, but it's just a pleco. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you're not going to catch it unless you catch it by hand or something, but yeah. unless you're being stupid. But but it, there's just so many different neat things to see. That was one of the amazing things for me. Yep. But another thing that the people don't realize about the canal is some of the fish, like the tarpon and the snook, can also go saltwater to freshwater. Yeah, so from my general knowledge, if a snook goes freshwater, tarpon goes freshwater, it's going to stay there. Okay. It's not going to move out. It's not like a striper from, you know. Where They're not going to breed. Move, correct, or a okay. salmon. You know, it won't go into different waters. Now, when we have our spillways that control our water systems, you know, you'll have your salt, your saltwater snook, tarpon. They'll go up to the spill where fresh water is coming down. Mm-hmm. So even if it's a saltwater fish, they still have tolerance for fresh water. Yeah. <clears throat> and if you go into a Bass Pro down home, you know, you in the fish tank, you're seeing largemouth, catfish, right. snook, tarpon, redfish, all in the same tank. Oh, yeah, I, I know? do remember that. So you can even see redfish in yeah. the brackish water. Hmm. What other fish are there that you're typically going to catch? Um, so our big sport fish, obviously, are our snook, our tarpon, our redfish. A lot of people don't realize we have a great speckled trout fishery down home. Okay. Um, we have a great drum fishery black drum uh everything and the only thing i can think we don't have maybe is a striper and yeah. a pike and a muskie and a walleye i don't think and they a smallie yeah you I know, don't your think typical northern fish right everything else we have um we get pompano whiting croakers bluefish i mean you can think yeah. of it all and we have it now you're you're kind of new into the fly fishing game yeah i'm actually very new probably a year of experience under my belt but you've been getting especially the peacocks oh yeah yeah i've been love that's and for a beginner if and a lot of my friends you know are trying to get into the fly game as well yeah. i always tell them you know fishing for the peacocks is a great way just to get into the motion get the fundamentals down they're such an aggressive fish such an aggressive yeah. fish you know when they hit you know when the strike is yep they're eating it they're not short striking it yeah. you're getting a good hook set they um, they can take you to the backing. You know, yeah. it's a great sport fish. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was one of the things when I went down. Um, I had it set that I was dead set that I was getting one on the fly rod. Mm-hmm. And everybody else was catching them, but I had to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, had to go through my flies, figure out what you they wanted. You finally caught one on a shrimp fly. I caught one on a shrimp, and uh, I caught one or two on, uh, on like, a small uh, peacock bass imitation yeah. streamer. Mm-hmm. And uh, for some reason, they say that's a very good color for them. Is is the, their own kind? Is their own kind? Yeah, yeah. they're very aggressive. Mm-hmm. But we were fishing. I think it was a little bit pre-spawn when we were down there. Yes. And uh, you know they were just starting to bed up. So they were very aggressive. Mm-hmm. So we were just going for the aggression bite and stuff. And I, a lot I'm, of sight fishing. Yeah, a lot of sight fishing, and that's another great, really fun thing. Yeah. Now, we don't. You don't do very well topwater with them, do you? You don't. I have had luck. Yeah. Um, they're just an overall aggressive fish. They'll hit anything. Now, the only thing topwater I have thrown is a popper. You know, I haven't right. thrown a gurgler or anything at them like yeah. that. Um, 
the gurglers are amazing for the snook and the tarpon. Okay. They go crazy over them. I know that for a fact. Yeah. Um, and right now, like I was telling you, we have the snook and the tarpon on the beach right now. Okay. So that's a real, real, real target for the fly guys right now. Yeah. Is there a lot of guys that do the surf with the fly rod down there? Believe it or not, there is. Okay. Yeah. Now, is there any places that you know that, like, is there any outfitters or anything that are running for the flies? So, we obviously have our White River shops in Bass okay, Pro. Right. Um, you have a couple small mom-and-pop shops down south further into, like, Everglades National Park. Right. Where the fly game is a lot more popular. Okay. But generally, tackle shops, unfortunately, only will carry a couple amount of flies. If you want to buy fly line, you yeah. got to go to Bass Pro, okay. unfortunately. Um, when I was in Orlando, we had a shop in Winter Park, Florida called Orlando Outfitters. And that's a great fly shop. Yeah. And over in the Mos- Mosquito Lagoon area, okay. over on the coast of Orlando, there's um, I forget the name, but there's a fly shop over there as well. Yeah, I know for me... I, I was just, we were talking a little bit here before we started the podcast and a saltwater fish is a curse of mine and mm-hmm. I just can't, we discussed this a little bit on the last podcast about what to do in the summertime when the things, weather gets too hot for trout fishing around mm-hmm. here and be going on vacation and you know, everybody goes to the beach mm-hmm. and uh, like I always give it a try, but you know, I might go to the beach for five days, but in that five days, I have three or four hours that I can really dedicate really put to on fishing. The water. Yeah. yeah, and so I don't really learn anything, or by the time I get back, I whatever I did learn is forgotten, whatever. So it's always hard for me, and I have got to, I've got to get a guide one of these times to to really learn because when I go to a trout stream, I can walk up to a stream, see a rock, and know well. There's going to be a fish laying here. There's going to be a fish laying here. Well. When I look, walk up to the beach and walk up to the ocean, yeah. I can't see where the tides are coming, where the sandbars are out there mm-hmm. by the waves. I can't mm-hmm. read. I don't know how to read all that. So I well, need a guy to cut my learning time down. I'll tell you what. The beach fishing down home, a lot of people, you know, surf casting, when you think of Outer Banks, you're thinking of the northeast, west coast, wherever it may be. You're thinking, you know, you have to throw far, yeah. chunk bait. Believe it or not, our fish travel the troughs back okay. home. So, you know, 10 feet off from the break. Yeah. And a lot of people cast over it, you know. So that's why I think it's appealing to the fly guys. Because you don't need to get extremely long cast out. Yeah. You know, you're, we usually have a couple troughs. You'll have one trough closer to the shore. You'll have another trough further out. Some beaches might have a third. Okay. Those first and second troughs are usually the money troughs. Okay. Because you you have to think about the bait too. Yeah. You know, the bait's not going to be. 100 200 feet off the beach they want to be close to that break for protection right yeah yeah plus they're eating all the crustaceans getting knocked up and all the shells getting knocked up from right the break. right right yeah yeah i never i never looked at it that way and that's the thing like i said i just don't have the time to spend to learn it so and i really want to catch one and i tried hard when we were down there oh yeah we went down in the keys mm-hmm. and uh that's where i really tried hard for the salt water and I had some lookers, and I did have one parrot fish. We were talking about the parrot fish. Mm-hmm. My my cousin caught one, and I had one that he just aggravated me to no end, but just yeah, wouldn't take it. I yeah. remember. I remember. <laughs> I cast everything at it, but it was it was so cool to be there. And that's the thing, like especially if you're a northerner or something like that, you don't realize how much is out there. Oh yeah. And uh, 
I can't remember exactly. We figured it out. There was four of us that went down to fish with you, and I think between the four of us, I think we had 14 different species of fish that we Probably. caught. And, and that was between the canals and, and, and the, the keys. keys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And probably half and half, maybe not. More in the keys. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. More, more variety keys. in the keys. But, I mean, we definitely caught the numbers in the, in mm-hmm. the canals. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we caught, I caught a lionfish, which was extremely cool. Mm-hmm. Triggerfish, you name it, we caught it down in the yeah, keys. Yeah, we caught a yellowtail, a mutton. I th- we caught almost everything down yeah. there. Yeah, and... And that was a lot of sight fishing, too, for me with a fly rod. I was able to sight fish. I just, you know, I don't know what I should be using. And I took down what I had. I didn't stop at any, we didn't stop at mm-hmm. any tackle shops and ask or anything mm-hmm. like that. So I was trying to well, do it. We my did own. stop at that one fly, that one Orvis shop. That yeah, there was, was a very nice. Isla Mirada. Yeah, that was a very nice shop. And they also told us about a very nice place to eat. Meat. Meat. I was actually <laughs> just there a couple weeks ago. Oh, I'm so <laughs> jealous. <laughs> Yep. I keep telling my wife, I said, we're going down there, and we're going to the Keys, and we're going to meet. <laughs> yep, it's one of the best. It is. A little local spot down yeah. there. Yeah, a hole in the wall in a yeah. strip mall. And yeah. One of the best barbecues you'll ever eat. Yeah. But the thing I love about the fly game down in Florida is, for instance, for me, right, I've been fishing my whole life down there. I haven't caught everything, let's say, but I've caught in a good majority of it yeah. on spin gear and conventional gear. That's why I really wanted to get that in the fly game. Mm-hmm. You know, see, see, I want to see, experience the fish in a different way. It's a more intimate experience right. when you're using the fly. I mean, not this, it's almost like driving a, a stick car. You know, you feel everything. Yeah. From the cast to the strip to the set hook set to everything. Well, I, I will say this, especially with the peacocks. To get one on the fly is a way more of a challenge than... Oh, than using live bait. The live, live bait Even is, a jerk bait. Live bait is so easy. Oh, yeah. Live bait feels like cheating. cheating. Yeah. I mean, you, you you look, you find where the, the canals connect to the road and the tunnel that goes connect the yep, two the canals, culvert the culvert pipe, and there's guaranteed to be four or five laying mm-hmm. in that culvert pipe. Mm-hmm. Just drop a big old shiner and mm-hmm. you got one. And, I, and, and even to express the challenge, you know, you have these guys going down to Key West, Marquesas, going for these permit bonefish and stuff. If you tell someone down there in the Keys, and I learned this the hard way, if you tell someone down there in the Keys you caught a permit, but not on the fly, yeah. they do not count that. Yeah, don't count. <laughs> they do not count that. So when I heard that, I'm like, all right, I got to pick up the fly rod. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the, now, when you get into permit and tarpon, and mm-hmm. now I will say the tarpon that you're getting in the canals, you're not your seven, eight. They're not your triple-digit fish that you yeah. find in the ocean. You right. can find them, obviously. Right. But you get a lot of your juveniles right. in the fresh. So what I'm getting at is the gear you need to be out in the Keys oh. fishing for tarpon and the permit and stuff, you don't need that. No. It's the same rod and reel that you're going to use back here 100%. For, for largemouth. You know, they'll handle. When I went down, I was fishing. I, I take that back. I took my eight weight down. Mm-hmm. I, I remember I took my uh, eight weight two handed switch rod mm-hmm. and handled it incredibly yeah. easily with my eight weight and could easily do it with a five or six weight. Yeah, I use a five. Yeah. And you could easily do it with that and have no problem and cast a lot better. Oh, yeah. Because I figured we were going, going down to the keys and stuff like that. And I wanted to be able to reach out with my oh, eight yeah. weight. So, so I took that. But I would have no hesitation taking my five weight down there. Not at all. My my bass gear. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. So, 
what kind of flies do you mainly stick to when you're down there? So I'm sticking to mainly just bait fish flies, minnow imitations, uh, some woolly buggers here and there, some poppers. Um, I try to imitate anything as natural as possible. Mm -hmm. I try to, I try to carry over my, you know, my artificial knowledge into the flies when I pick in my colors, when I'm picking how I'm stripping, just yeah. different things like that. Because, like I was telling you earlier, purple seems to do extremely well for me. And I don't know if that's because of the majority dark water that we have. That very well could be. You know, um, I'll throw out a white and green fly, minnow imitation. Mm -hmm. You know, it looks like a perfect, perfect, like a, this is a perfect minnow with a little green on it. Right. Nothing. I'll throw out purple, and I'm talking about the flies destroyed by the end of the trip. I, I, I believe that, and I believe you're probably right on your dark color. To put, for the listener here, the canals down there almost have a tannic color to yeah them. they're extremely clear on the edges yes but when you get into that middle i mean it's almost like an eerie dark yes it's a it's a, the, the best way to put it is if you fish new york upstate new york or something like that or even canada the tannic the tannic rivers you know in the pine tree forests and stuff yeah. like that looks almost like coffee mm -hmm. and that's the way like if you're going down the center of the canal that's what mm -hmm. you're going to see is that oh, coffee yeah. colored water oh yeah and being up in Orlando by the lagoon, you know, the red fishery up there on the fly is just mm -hmm. superb, phenomenal. And up there, we're getting a lot of them on the shrimp and crab imitations. Okay. I haven't really gotten into that in the South Florida. Uh, like I said, I'm planning a trip over to the Bahamas uh, with a guy named uh, Shaw Underwood, Captain Shaw Underwood. Uh, he's with an outfitter called Bullseye uh, Bone Fishing. They're out of uh, Spanish Wells, Eleuthera. Okay. Um, and he throws, you know, strictly shrimp imitations. So mm -hmm. luckily I was able to get one on a shrimp fly two years ago. Um, and that's just an amazing experience. A bonefish on the fly is yeah. absolutely amazing. For yeah. such a little fish, let me tell you, it, it'll take you, you're scared that your backing's about to go. Yeah. You know? I, I said it on the last podcast too, but the last, uh, my wife and I, well, the whole family, we went on a cruise mm -hmm. and uh, stopped it half moon k mm -hmm. and uh, there's big k there yep. and when i walked over to it it looked like i shouldn't be walking out into the water yeah and i shouldn't have been but there was two nice bone fish there yeah <laughs> and they were so they chased after my shrimp and they just wouldn't take it and yeah. they're the ghosts of the flat yeah it, it was so fun to watch it look like i my trip was made just watching those two bone fish even though they didn't take it yeah and uh, it was so cool to see them yeah the bahamas is i can't wait for it to open back up after all this corona thing but it's just an amazing amazing fishery yeah amazing well did you say opening back up after all this that was one of the things for me here in pennsylvania a trip to a flight to florida is ridiculously cheap yep i think when we went down a couple of years ago round trip was 158 dollars probably and you know, right now, southwest out of Pittsburgh, you can find $49 flights. I just flew into Pittsburgh from Fort Lauderdale for $39. Yeah. So it's ridiculously cheap. Yeah. And you just got to know what area. You got to do a little research on where you stay down there. Yeah. And, uh, but how accessible are the canals? Like how, 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 how much room do you have to get into places to fish in the canals? So obviously rental cars recommended yeah um let's say you fly into fort lauderdale 
to get into really, really good peacock grounds like where we were, it's probably only a 20-minute drive west. Okay. Um, I'm sure a lot of people up here do it as well. I use Google Maps right. a lot. And especially back home because we don't have all these trees and mountains and cover. You can see everything mm-hmm. on satellite view. Yeah. So I'll go through, mark out a few spots, and I'll drive. If, it, if I can't find a place to park, I'll keep it moving. I'll hop out. I'll check it out. But a lot of places, you know, you park at the park. A lot of places say no fishing. <laughs> so. Are you saying it's always better to ask forgiveness <laughs> than it is permission? Correct. Yeah. You know, I, I respect the people. I respect the property owners. Uh, you're not. But a lot of the times where the no fishing sign is, you know, you're not in someone's backyard. Right. You're not walking in. Pretty A lot of Correct. people down there are gated even. Yeah. And a lot of, you know, those signs are there for liability. Right. You know, we have cottonmouths, water moccasins, alligators, obviously. Yeah. They just don't want to be liable for it. Okay. So be cautious because there are, you know, there are a lot of snakes. They like to hide around the tall grass, around the edges. I, mm-hmm. I've seen them multiple times. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people don't care. And like you said, how we were behind a Target Plaza. That's a great way to start. So if you don't want to go residential and you want to just get a hang of it, you know, find some shopping plazas, a lot of our Walmarts, because like you said, to build them up. Right. So if you're having a big shopping plaza, there's usually going to be a lake behind the shopping yeah. plaza. Yeah. And it, that lake is connected to the canal that's the neighborhood right across the street. Right. Yeah. Because re- they have to regulate the water levels. Yeah. I remember there was a lock right at the top oh, yeah. end of that par- parking lot that yeah. connected to the city. Yeah. And, you know, it might not be like your normal dam or spillway that you're used to seeing. You know, we have a lot of pump houses, pump stations. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what it is. As long as you see moving water, that's key. Yeah. That's key. Yeah. And, and don't think that when you walk back there, one of the things I did notice was when you walk back there the canals are deep oh yeah right off the edge deep so you're not going to just walk back there and see the fish Mm-mm. you're going to have to look for culvert pipes or culvert pipes are one of the big things but yeah. but just do some blind casting they're going to be there it's just yeah. they're down and another thing with them is they're as like you said as aggressive they are they like it quick yeah i don't know per se for the trout up here but you know, we're strip, 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 pause. Yeah. Strip, 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 pause. Now you're usually getting the bite on the pause. Mm-hmm. But that strip, 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 strip is what's getting them to it. Yeah. If you're strip, pause, strip, pause, strip, pause, you ain't going to get their attention. Now that's the opposite for a tarpon. Okay. You know, for a tarpon, you want to put it in front of them. Strip, strip, already sees it. Strip, 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 strip. You know what I mean? Yeah. Almost like an ambush game. Yeah, keep aggravating them. But those peacock, straight off the bat, the second the fly hits the water, yeah, immediately. Yeah, I was I was just totally impressed with just the aggressiveness, the fierceness to them, mm-hmm. and the boy they pull too. Oh, <laughs> and when yeah. you get them on the fly rod, it's so much better than I. It's I mean, so I'd, much better than stand up. I don't want to feel like and sound like an elitist here or anything, but there's a definite difference in the way the rod feels and yeah i'll tell you what ever since i picked up the fly rod for instance my neighborhood mm-hmm. i haven't taken a spinning rod in my neighborhood since oh, yeah. i picked up a fly rod you know yeah. it's just i don't see it's not as fun as it for me yeah. you know yeah i i agree now the one thing when i do get back down there i always had oscars in my tank so mm-hmm. we got to get onto an area where there's yeah. oscars next time i actually there. caught one in my lake did not you too long ago. first one i've ever caught oh yeah 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 i I've seen them down there one 
when I went down with my wife, we went over to Everglades National Park. Mm-hmm. And the canal right outside the park was just full of them. You mm. can just see them all through there. But um, I want one of them so bad. <laughs> <laughs> They're cool looking fish. Man. They are so cool. and With I, the orange and yep. just glowing. Yeah. Yeah. And I always had them in. I always kept them in an aquarium. And for the longest time, if I knew I had friends coming over, I was headed to the pet store that night to buy fish because that was the evening's entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> Feeding the Oscar fish. some goldfish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're so aggressive. I want to catch one on my rod so bad. Yeah. We'll make it happen next time. All right. We're going to do that. But. Yeah. Uh, any other things you can think of that you need to know before you go or kind of thing? or um, I, For me, I can't really think of anything other than it's it's one of those things you definitely need to put on your bucket list. So let me – I'll say this. There's a lot of water. I don't get caught up in a spot for too long. Yeah, I, I know you remember that. Yeah, um, and that's hard for a lot of fishermen to grasp because they always patience, patience, yeah. patience. Don't rush it. Don't rush it. Down there, there's just so much water to cover. Yeah, and yeah, you might be catching fish here. You know, yeah, we caught five, six. Let's move it. Yeah. Let's go to the when next spot. We might get fifteen, twenty. Yeah, you know, I I will agree with that, and I have that issue. I do that. Especially now that I got into the Euro nymphing and catch so many fish. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to, I don't care if I can stand in a hole and catch 50 fish out of one hole. Mm-hmm. What did I really prove? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> you know, hey, go in there, catch four or five, move on. There's four or five more in the next hole. Yeah, you know, if you exactly. got, if you know what you're doing, you know what you're doing. Go, go, it's use a way that to keep it fun. Else. Yeah. It's a way to keep it fun. Yeah. And, and, and I can really, I remember you doing that and, you know, I remember with your group, they weren't used to that. Yeah. So I'd be like, all right, guys, pack it up. We just got here. Yeah. Like, yeah, but I ain't seen nothing. Yeah. Let's keep it moving. You know, yeah. we can't waste our time. Here. I, I am. That's one of the things as a, as a fly fishing guy, that's a hard thing for me because mm-hmm. a lot of my clients are that way. Yeah. And, oh, this looks like such a nice hole. Let's beat it to death. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, there's such a nice hole just right upstream. Exactly. Let's go hit it too. Yeah. And so I have your mentality when mm-hmm. it comes to that kind of thing. But even more so, I think, with your mentality, if they're not there, they're not there. Exactly. You just got to keep moving. Even if they're there and they're not eating? Yeah. Why are we going to pressure why, why, them? Why stay? Let's come back in 30 minutes. Tomorrow. Yeah. You know? Yep. Change, you know, clouds roll in and comp- creates a We're getting some rain thing. tonight. Maybe that'll flare them up for tomorrow. Yeah. Now, I, I know another thing, um, another area we keyed a lot, especially when we fished with Monster Mike, was bridges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've no problem with that down there? Or? No. Um, so that's in Miami. They get a lot more of that. Okay. Now, I will say this, and maybe you can remember this, because I, I remember this exactly. You were trying to get that one P right off that shopping cart, and Mike was trying to help you on the fly. Yeah. Yep. And it's tough, because that water is so clear. Yes. It's extremely clear. clear in Miami. Yep. I don't. I can't tell you the reason. I don't know. But like, if you go down to Homestead, you know, if anyone's been ever done with the speedway down there, or okay. go down by the farms, I'm telling you, the water, be the canals will be the same depth, okay. but they will be crystal blue. Oh, wow. Crystal blue. Hmm. Which makes the fishing a lot harder, yeah. as we know. Yeah. You know, so, you know, you look at those big bass lakes over in California, you know, Clear Lake, the Delta. Right. That's why they're using these 12 inch swim baits, you know, and yep. super light line, because these bass are super finicky, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's. I. 
I don't know how to say it other than you got to do it because there's so much opportunity down there. We mm-hmm. caught, and I'm just going to try to name what we caught. I caught, I know myself, I caught a gar, and I think I did, oh no, I didn't get the gar on the fly. I missed him. But no, then on I. On top water, yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. But then I did get a gar on. And that's live. an alligator gar. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they are so hard to catch because of their long, skinny. That skinny snout was so hard Bone. to get the hook into, too. Bone. Bone nose. We had to. We figured it out. It was actually me and Stevie that figured it out because we wanted to catch one so bad. We had to just let it swim away mm-hmm. and, and swim for like as long as you would felt let comfortable let him, letting him swim until you saw it actually put it in its mouth because oh, it yeah. just puts it in its jaws it and goes. swims. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have the hook nowhere near him. And we got so mad missing like 15 yep. of them. <laughs> yep, exactly. But we caught alligator gar, peacock bass. Stevie caught the guarapote. Yeah, jaguar, the jaguar guarapote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one to say. Yeah. Guapote. Guapote. And uh, Mayan cyclids. Yep. Were we caught a Midas as well at that one, those orange we ones. We saw, I those don't think orange. we caught the Midas. Oh, no? No, we saw them. Yeah, the Midases are really fun to catch as well. Yes, they're big orange. Looks like a flower horn, if anyone's familiar with an aquarium fish, a flower horn, but mm. just all orange. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're cool aquarium fish too. And what, did we catch any other... We caught large oh. mouths. You know. Yeah, we caught large mouth. I caught a tilapia. Tilapia. I caught a tilapia. Spot on, a tilapia. On, yes, mm-hmm. on the uh, shrimp pattern. That's mm-hmm. what I caught on the shrimp pattern. And um, that, but that's six or so species right there that yeah. we caught. Yeah. Freshwater species that you're not going to catch anywhere else in the world. Mm-hmm. It's in the same place at least. Yeah. I would have loved to get you a grass carp on the fly. Yes, we didn't see any of those. Yeah, I yeah. would have loved to get you a grass carp on the fly. They're amazing to catch. Uh, they call them canal whales back yeah. home because <laughs> they're ginormous. Yeah, but, uh, and they look like a big torpedo. <laughs> yeah, and they're and it's almost <clears throat> if anyone's been red fishing before on a flat, they're almost like a redfish. You know, they'll go face down, tail up, mm. and that tail is just waving out of the water. Okay, and you'll see them really tight to the bank, really okay. tight to the bank. Yeah, we didn't see any when we were there. I know we were watching, but yeah, I didn't see any really. But we get some big ones. Yeah, well, you also get knife fish. Yep. So that'll be up in our west. That'll be up in West Palm. Okay. Yeah. Let me clarify for everyone. So when we say Miami, don't just stick in Miami. You know, don't think you have to fly into Miami International Airport. Yeah. You know, we were getting a lot of our fish in Broward County, which is just north. Right. And in my opinion, I think Broward has just as good as peacock fishing as Miami. Miami does get the bigger ones here okay. and there. Um, unfortunately, they're usually in private lakes, communities yeah. where people don't really fish it. Now up in West Palm, they st- that's as north as the peacocks go, West right. Palm. Now these clown knife fish, um, they're in a lake called Lake Ida. Okay. I'm letting the, sec- letting the secret out of the bag right now. Uh, they're in Lake Ida. But now Lake Ida, like everywhere else, has canal systems. Okay. So now there's a lot of captains that go on the lake, but you can also do it by foot if you wanted. Because right. there's off-branching canals. Like go on Google Maps, just look up Lake Ida, and you'll see a ton of canals around it. Okay. That you can actually physically walk, I mean, miles. Oh, down. wow. Okay. Yeah. And now them, they're like a tarpon. So they're a mystery fish almost, right? Yeah. So you'll be walking and they'll come up and go for air. Go for air. So you'll see them come up, go for air. And you're like, all right, there's a clown. Yeah. You know? Um, and they're crazy because they swim backwards. You know, they're, oh. just such a, they're just such a sick fish. Yeah. They jump like tarpon. 
They fight like peacocks. <laughs> They're a great fish. Yeah, and they look so different than anything else in the world. Yeah. They look like a knife. Yeah. Yeah. It's funky. Yeah. They do their wave. They're just waving always. Yeah. You know? I, I don't even know how to describe it on a podcast. You can't. Yeah. You have to look it up on it. You have to. And they get it. huge. I think the state record just uh, just got beat last year. I think it was at 12 pounds, 14 pounds, something well, like that. And that would be 30 or so inches probably. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Because yeah, you have to think about that last, on a fish like that, the last 10 inches of it is just yeah, ta- flat tail. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's yeah, a nice it's one. It's crazy. That's a nice one. So tons of opportunity. Extremely tons of opportunity. Yeah, for for different species, that's the big thing. Yeah, just I I hate when people think that they have to come down and get a guide. I and I'm saying that wrong because obviously I'm a guide in my own sense and I support all local business. Right. But that's you know that's six hundred seven hundred dollar tab. I'm gonna have to tip them. I'm gonna have to do the get them right. for two days. If anything, you get a guide one day. Yeah. Get to know them, get personable with them, just like how all of us were, right. you know. Yep. And then you say, "Hey, I have two more days of fishing. They'll help you out." Yeah, yep. they're definitely gonna help you out. Yeah, I don't have problem doing that. And you well, know, yeah, even from you, you would know. Yeah, and and for me, like, if a guy's coming in from out of state like that, he's not coming back. He's not gonna hound my water all the time. Yeah, like I'm not gonna take the guy from the next county over if he wants to come fish with mm-hmm. me and show him all my honey holes, but. Yeah. For a guy that's, you know, if I'm coming from Pennsylvania to fish with a guy, well, who cares? If he, if he ever comes back to Miami mm-hmm. to do this again, he's probably not going to remember where I took him. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So guides guides will work with you with that kind of stuff. 100%. Because yeah. a lot of people, in guides, speaking, you know, probably from us, it's more enjoyable to see someone catch a fish. Oh, no doubt. Than to you personally catch yep. it. Yeah. So. I, I always say, it. for me being a guide, I... I got the question a lot on uh, how do I like to be a guide? Why do I like to be a guide and watch other people fish and have to stand there and watch mm-hmm. them catch fish? Yeah, have to retie for them. Yeah. yeah, and and I always equated it to I took a friend of mine turkey hunting one time, and he never went turkey hunting before. And I had spent two or three weeks scouting these birds, had the big long bird all mm-hmm. planned out, mm-hmm. figured it all out. And I told him, hey, if Jake walks in, you shoot the Jake. If Longbeard walks in, I shoot the Longbeard. He said, okay, no problem at all. Well, we set up on the Jake. I said, just wait, just wait. Well, we screwed up on the Jake. And then I was mad. And I said, all right, next turkey, you shoot it. Here Where's comes the next turkey. Beard. Here he comes. Big old long beard. It walks out, steps over the log. Beard hits the ground. My jaw hits the ground. The gun goes off. The turkey hits the ground. <laughs> and I always equate that to my guiding. The only thing I didn't do in that hunt was pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. You know? When I'm out with a client and he catches the fish and I put it in the net, the only thing I didn't do most of the time was lift the rod. I told him to lift the rod. (laughs) You know, and... uh, He's on there. Yeah. I was like, hey, time to lift this. But um, it's not... That's why guiding is so much fun for me. And uh, Well, I guess that comes into my question then when you just talked about setting. Do you teach strip sets or do you... How do you teach your your hook sets on See, the fly rod? On the fly rod, I'm mostly Euro nymphing, and for me, you're it's, always tight. Yeah, I'm tight with the fly. I'm just flicking my wrist mm-hmm. to set the hook, flicking flicking the wrist in the direction where I'm putting the fly into his mouth, uh, against the direction, opposite direction opposite of where he's where going. The fish he's is going right. I'm rolling right now. 
we've got into smallmouth real heavy up here, and mm-hmm. I will I will strip set on them. But I've even got into a lot of urine nymphing on the smallmouth where I'm tight on them, and you know you just see in the rod twitch and boom, you're just on the reel. Yep. Yeah. So I I do strip set if I'm you know if I'm stripping a fly then yeah I'm I'm gonna strip set. Yeah. And set into them. them. But, gotcha. Yeah. Because I mean that's that's the biggest key for us back home, is that good strip set to get the hook in them. Yeah. Well, and you got to think of that. They're not like a trout. Yeah. They got some bone there. Oh, you, yeah. You got to get the hook into them. Yeah, 100%. So, 100%. Well, that was a pretty good, quick 40 minutes of talking there. It was. So. It's easy to talk about fishing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and and informative. And I hope you guys got that out of it. And it's, it's a trip anybody can take. And I think that's often overlooked. You know, Miami, South Florida, even though everybody snowbirds from up here. But, you know, a guy, a younger guy, 30s or 40s, you know, mm-hmm. wants an affordable vacation, that can be an affordable. And it's a year-round bite. Yeah. That's don't don't think it's not a year-round bite. If it's wintertime, and this is another key thing that I've learned throughout my experience, these culvert pipes like you preach, right? right? These fish are from the Amazon. They're tropical. Okay. If we get a cold freeze, our peacocks die off. Oh, yeah. We've had a yep. freeze before where our, our peacock population got hit pretty hard. It's the same thing with snook. Mm-hmm. And tarpon. Our tarpon migrate a little bit more, but, you know, you've snuck all the way down to Mexico. Um, if you go in the wintertime, just target cement as much as you can. Okay. You know, culvert pipes made out of right. cement. It heats up faster than anything else. Hmm. They go to the heat. That's what Wow. That's different. Even if you're fishing a river back home in yeah. the wintertime. Anywhere in Florida in the wintertime, look for a seawall. Okay. Look for bricks in the water. Look for anything that heats up. Oh, wow. And that's where they'll be. Good tip. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Drew. How yep, about thanks, uh, how about anywhere if anybody wants to follow you on Instagram or anything? Yeah, I'm on Instagram at Drew Pellerin. That's D-R-E-W-P-E-L-L-E-R-I-N. Also, Mike, Monster Mike. Mike Wilson's a great friend of mine. He's very knowledgeable, loves his fans, loves everyone. Reach out to him. He'll give you some advice. Yeah. He's a great guide, personable. If you have kids, he's amazing for them give him a call yeah i got i got a one last story here when we were fishing we were riding around in the truck with mike there <laughs> sitting in the, yeah sitting in the middle front we're all sitting three of us crammed three or four of us crammed in the back of the dodge pickup truck and two guys in the front and mike's sitting on the console giving and directions and he's barely bending his head over he's monster monster in personality only yeah but um i was posting pictures that i was fishing and i posted a picture with monster mike mm-hmm. and uh all my boys, my my son's friends from junior high, mm-hmm. are texting. Are you with Monster Mike? Are you with Monster Mike? Tell them I said hi. Yeah, <laughs> like he's so awesome. And he's a kid too, man. Yeah. He takes pictures with everyone. I mean, yep. he's he's a superstar. Yeah, if you're looking for a guide down there, he's a great one to hook up. And uh, he he was just a blast to be around. Exactly. But, yep. but it's amazing how social media exploded fishing. Yes, and and for the better, in my opinion. Yeah. For the and, better, and he really knows what he's doing with the social media he's really cool with that. yeah and helped me out a lot too with oh, like yeah. I, I i spent a lot of time talking to him social media oh, rather yeah. than fishing and he was very cool about it so yep all right exactly. well we got to get off of here so thanks guys for listening thanks for listening and uh hope you didn't mind something off the beaten path for not trout fishing for once but uh something different to think about so thanks for listening everybody if you want to find us you're already found us on the on uh, your podcast apps but you can also find us on instagram and 
Facebook and our website at Holsinger. Or sorry, bugsandbeardpodcast.com. So thanks for listening, everybody. Until next week, I'm Sean Holsinger. See you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Bugs and Beard Podcast. This podcast was brought to you by Holsingersflyshop.com. Head on over to the website for all your fly fishing and fly tying needs. Plus, you can also find a link there to the Holsingers Fly Shop YouTube channel. The channel is full of information with over 250 videos covering fly tying and fly fishing techniques geared towards making your time on the water more enjoyable. From all of us here at the Bugs and Beard Podcast, we hope you'll subscribe to our channel and tune in next week as we discuss the sport we love so well. Until next time, get out there on the water and tight lines.